Thanks for tuning in to the Flover Transport Intelligence Podcast, where industry leaders talk about the trends, technologies, and influences shaping the convergence of public and private transport. Today, we are in conversation with Andreas Ernschen, who is an expert in open payments at UITP, the International Association of Public Transport, which leads globally on sustainable urban mobility. Andrea will be explaining what we mean by open payments in a transport environment and the benefits it can bring to operators and passengers. Welcome, Andrea, and thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Phil, for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. So perhaps we, before we go any further, you'd be good enough to tell us something about your career so far and your role at UITP. Sure. By trade or by education, I'm actually a civil engineer, so I didn't always work in public transport. But of course, it's a yeah, it's a fascinating business because you you have to work a lot with people, and it's yeah, it's a lot more social than just dealing with concrete and building houses. So I moved into mobility and infrastructure planning quite early, and since I definitely enjoy working in an international context, UITP was the perfect place for me to go. And actually, at UITP, uh, you are what responsible for open payments overall. What's what's your role there? I actually started out as a manager for European projects, and then I very soon moved into the area of security because we had a lot of security trouble in the area of public transport. And so I'm actually always dealing a bit with the, uh, with the business aspects around public transport. And currently, I'm looking a lot into innovation. And of course, digitalization and new payment systems, they are perhaps the most trendy subjects of innovation in public transport, next to clean vehicles, of course. So yeah, this is what I'm what I'm doing right now, and it's my pleasure to be the manager of the Open Payment Forum. And uh, for those not familiar with UITP, what's its principal aims when it comes to transportation? Well, UITP is busy with public transport already for a long time. The organization was actually set up in 1885, and today it's the the Global Industry Association of Public Transport. We are actually busy in in more than 100 countries. We have also offices all around the world. And basically, UITP provides a platform bringing together all the stakeholders, all the players in public transport. So the members are operators and authorities. They are also the industry suppliers and consultants. There there are academia and universities. So actually, yeah, everybody who has a stake in public transport is represented in UITP. And that's actually quite fascinating because there are so many new players coming in over time which always allows to pick up new topics. Most of us are used to using contactless bank cards to pay for goods and services. So how does the concept of open payments work in a transport setting? Uh, Are there different models available? That's a very interesting question. Indeed, open payment is changing the modus operandi for public transport quite a bit because classically we are actually used to first buy a ticket and then travel. And with open payment, you can do it differently. You can actually merge the the payment, the ticketing, the access control, all into one process. And indeed, there are there are different models available depending on the tariff system of an operator or an authority. First, of course, we have something that is called the known fare model. And that actually means you already know the price of your journey before you actually take the journey. So you would basically identify yourself with a bank card, you know what, what already what you pay, and then you can travel. A more advanced model of payment would actually be an aggregated model of payment, which means that you do not know what you have to pay before you actually travel. Again, you're using the bank card to open like a tap, like you would go to the bar. 
And then you actually accumulate traveling and journeys during the day. And that's actually a very interesting model because it allows an operator to yeah, introduce all kinds of incentives. You can think about tariff capping. You can think about yeah, special tariffs for, for special travelers. It actually offers a lot of possibilities. And then finally, we have a third model for payment, which is the pre-purchased payment, which is actually more reserved for higher value tickets. Like it could be long distance travel or it could be monthly passes or annual passes when the risk is actually getting a bit too big not having to settle the, or not having settled the payment before you actually travel. So basically, yeah, you have quite a few choices when it comes to open payment and public transport. So I can certainly see the value there for transport operators, but what about the value for passengers? Um, I think we've all seen demand for contactless technologies accelerate as a result of the pandemic, but assuming that there are other benefits beyond that for passengers. Well, I think the basic or the, the most essential value for travelers is that you don't have to buy public transport currency anymore. You can actually just use your, your bank card or your telephone or whatever you use in, in everyday life to pay for services and for goods. You can use the same kind of principle in public transport. And you actually don't have to worry anymore. What is the right ticket? What is the right tariff that applies to me? What is perhaps the app that I need to download? You just go along and use the usual tools that you have in your in your pocket that you use everywhere else in life. That makes it very convenient, I think. Okay, now open payments, um, such as Flowbird Sesame Solution, which they launched recently, uh, is fundamental to an open loop account-based ticketing system. Does this mean that these perhaps legacy stored value card systems are declining? And if that's the case, why might that be? I'm not sure we will we will see open loop payment replacing the closed loop payment systems anytime soon. Because first of all, a lot of investment has been made to maintain these systems, to build them up. And that of course is something that we, uh, yeah, we need to consume first because we can completely replace it. But where open loop payment is extremely valuable is in accommodating changing travel demand and travel needs and also expectations. What we have seen during the recent pandemic or what we actually see now is that travel habits of people are totally changing. So the classic weekly ticket or monthly ticket, the, the subscription that you had, maybe it's not the best deal for people anymore because they don't go five days a week to the office anymore. So as public transport, we will really need to accommodate for these more flexible demands and a bit more unpredictable demand. And for this, open payment can really be excellent. How easy is it for an operator to transition to an open payment system? And what might the barriers be that could, uh, that could get in the way? That's a very interesting question. And that is actually one that we hear a lot from the operators. And there are many answers to it. First of all, we have to say introducing open loop payment can be an extremely complex endeavor. But fortunately, we have actually seen during the recent years some organizations that were really trailblazing open payment into the industry. If we think, for instance, about Transport for London, they did a lot of the legwork and the groundwork and the pioneering work in figuring out these models that I already spoke about, figuring out how you can actually do. And transport operators that are interested to do that now, they can actually already benefit from these experiences and from all the facts and all the aspects that have been learned. Then again, of course, also the complexity of open payment depends on a tariff system that you want to translate into an open payment system. And they are not all that complex, to be honest. Not every organization is as big as MTA in New York 
or transport for London or, or public transport systems in Singapore. We also have smaller operators with more simple tariffs. And that, of course, also makes it easier. Um, one concern that we shouldn't lose sight of is, of course, the accessibility for the, uh, for the travelers. Because using my bank card as a means of, of payment and as a means of ticketing, of course, means that I need to have a bank card first. So this is something where we have to be very careful not to lose the options for people that are not banked because perhaps they don't have a bank account in developing countries or because they are perhaps too young to have an own bank account. So what do we do with the children? So there are quite some things to be considered, but it's definitely doable. And as I said, I think the trailblazing effect that we've seen from the early adopters, that has been extremely helpful. I guess one area of potential concern for operators and passengers might be around data. Um, who owns the data in an open payments transit system? Well, that is a very good question. And indeed, is one perhaps of the, uh, I don't want to call it obstacles, but one of the challenges for operators and authorities to decide to go the way towards open payment. Who owns the data? In the classic ticketing system, this is pretty easy because you have the payment separated from the ticketing. Now you have actually new, new players coming into the market that take new roles within the payment system and within the ticketing system. So indeed, this is something that is debated a lot. Um, having access and owning the, the data of the passengers is, of course, crucial for operator because having an idea where people travel, when they travel, from where to where, and perhaps even why they travel, is, of course, essential to plan good public transport services. And if you lose the ability to monitor the travel behavior of people, you would actually get into, into difficulties there. So this is something that has to be carefully figured out. And I think it's also a question of trust between the operators or the service provider and the passenger. I mean, people want to know what is happening with their data, who has access to this and who can do something with it. So this kind of transparency and trust is something that still has to be worked on in the field of open payment, but it's definitely something that can be sorted out between serious partners. Earlier in that conversation, you, you spoke about innovation and different players coming into the marketplace. And I guess that sort of makes us think of things like mobility as a service. Open payment systems can be very useful in, in broadening the mobility services that can be offered, because basically you could add every service that is ready to be integrated into such an open payment systems in, into the portfolio for clients. And this is actually the crucial thing. What we see perhaps in the, in the mass environment now is that, again, you have a new set of apps and a new set of functionalities showing up. So as long as these are closed and not available and it's not possible to link them with an open payment system, it is difficult. As long as a new service provider is ready to join an open payment system, that can be done. So it's, it's still a bit of a challenge. And actually, it also comes back to the question you were asking before, is that kind of data. As long as every party is ready to share data and to cooperate in a transparent way, it can work and it can be a brilliant enabler for such new services like mobility as a service options. And finally, Andrea, sustainability is at the forefront of just about everyone's mind at the moment. So can open payments in transport be an enabler for a modal shift out of the car and onto public transport? Oh, definitely. That's a very useful element. And actually for all different kinds of travelers, if you, for instance, think about tourists and occasional travelers, open payment makes it extremely easy to use a public transport system that you've never used before. 
And I guess, I mean, if, if I speak for myself, traveling, very often I have already been in cities and I just didn't have the right app on my phone. So this is actually something that keeps you from, from traveling with public transport. If that's not a barrier, if I can just use my bank card, I'm happy to travel. And if I'm a, a regular traveler and I do not have to decide anymore to take this monthly subscription or weekly subscription or whatever, that I can actually trust the system that I will be offered a best price option and a, a fair tariff then this is actually encouraging me to use public transport. And if the access is so easy that you don't have to know a system before you actually use it, it could perhaps also influence the decision of buying a second car or using a second car. I think in general, the more easy and more convenient using public transport is, and the less barriers you have in the access to public transport, the more people will consider to use public transport, perhaps first once in a while, and when they start to understand the benefits and see that you can perfectly move around with public transport, then also more often. So yes, I think as long as we can increase the convenience for people to use public transport, everything will help to yeah, support a modal shift. And open payments definitely provides this convenience. Andreas Ernschen uh, from UICP, thank you so much for your insights today. It's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you. It has been a pleasure talking, Phil. Thank you very much. Don't forget to tune into the next Flowbird podcast for industry insights into the future of public transport. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.